0: Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory.
1: J.M., baby, how you doing? What's up, Zapp? How's the weather there? It sucks, man. It's cold. Hey, it's cold here too, 73.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, not too bad, not too bad. Hey, welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show. We have a jam-packed show today. We've got all kinds of faces that we're going to be looking at. A couple of them aren't too Good looking, to be quite honest with you. But anyway, uh, we've got our good pal Derek Grady, executive vice president of Heritage Auctions, and one of our good friends. He's always, always supporting us, Derek. He's he's like a giant jockstrap. Then we have my old partner is in the studio with J.M. Mike Lamazzo, my old broadcasting partner for twenty-one years. Michael, I'm glad they left you. They let you out of the nursing home. Congratulations! How you doing, buddy? You know,
3: Tom, it's it's almost a pleasure to be
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. But Mike, how does, it, how
1: does it feel to be on set with someone with talent?
3: Oh,
2: referring to you,
4: Mikey. This is a giant step up for you. For twenty years, don't give me that crap. Say that again. (laughs) All right, now listen. You can
2: listen to us on uh, watch us on Facebook, YouTube, any of your favorite platforms, uh, uh, Pandora, uh, Alexa. Oh, we don't want to talk to her. She's behind me. Uh, iHeartRadio Radio, (laughs) and of course, we're on 980 WCAP up in the Boston area. We have a special guest today. As many of you know, uh, we are Rico and I. Uh Malori is too cheap to come down. Rico and I are going to be it. doing a fundraiser for the Little Smiles Children's Charity down here in Florida. Uh, it's a great organization, and we've we've kind of we've hooked up with them because we did a little research. And ninety-three cents out of every dollar goes directly to these kids who are in the hospital. They're in hospice. They're homeless, all kinds of kids with all kinds of problems, and this organization is really, really good. So we asked a special guest to come in today. This is Tom Cerrito, president of Cerrito Electric down here in Florida, and the lead sponsor for the event, Tommy Boy. Nice to see you, brother. Pleasure, D. Thanks. Guys. I don't know if you know these guys. And by the way, I want to mention Derek, we're going to talk about this because, all kidding aside, Derek has really... Stepped up to the plate for us right out of the gate. Uh, we're doing a live auction. Our sponsors have sent some unbelievable uh, memorabilia uh, that we're going to be auctioning off. I'm going to be the lead auction guy and possibly Josh Cohen from ESPN uh, is going to be working with me. Uh, Josh, is, uh, he's the ESPN guy down here. Uh, we've got some great stuff. We've got signed balls, signed basketballs, game, uh, uh, signed jerseys, bats. This gentleman right here, Mr. Grady, um, a couple of, about three or four weeks ago, we were going back and forth on the Rico Petricelli game-used bat, the last bat that Rico used in a baseball game. And I sent it out, Derek, to Mr. Toby. And he sent it back. It's all wrapped. I haven't opened it, but it's all authenticated, photo matched, all of that stuff. What's
5: well, it's a great. It.
2: I didn't open it up. <clears throat> I didn't open it. You want me to great. open it? You know, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. All it's all sealed. Great matters. All, all right. Best. Well, I'll, I'll let you know after the show. I'll text you. Okay. But anyway, to make a long story short. Derek has been more than kind enough and has has an opening bid of three thousand dollars on the bat. Uh Thank you so much, man. I'm serious. Right, uh, That's awesome. We're, we're donating the bat. ATS is donating the bat. We bought it on a Leland's auction. We're donating it, and Derek has stepped up, and he's already offered more than we paid for it. So I, I can't take enough, Derek, seriously. Well,
6: I mean, that's hopefully that's just the opening bid. Hopefully I get outbid. Right. Obviously it's for charity.
2: Right. So. Tommy, right. Uh, I at least set the bar. You did. Tommy, how did you get involved with Little Smiles?
4: Well, it's interesting. About uh, 18 years ago, um, we used to put on car shows and motorcycle shows in South Florida. And uh, I got introduced to Chip Donahue, who's the actual founder of Little Smiles. Great guy. Started talking to me about it. And I said, you know what? My wife and I at the time had three kids. And I'm like, it should be a great, you know, to get involved, a great charity to get involved in. You know, and being a business owner and knowing many other business owners, it gives us an opportunity you know, to reach out to them and say, hey, I know you have kids and I want to tell you a little bit about the charity. But anyway, in the first couple of years, we raised probably, you know, ten dollars to $15,000 just doing little car shows and little motorcycle shows, you know, throughout Palm Beach County. And then I f- never really got to see it firsthand on what they do. And funny enough, well, not funny enough, but my, my, one of my kids got sick. I, we had a newborn baby. And uh, at two years old, he ended up developing some kind of problems with his lungs. So my wife and I were at the hospital and we're hanging out with with my child and making sure everything is good. And these people walked in and said, they didn't introduce themselves as little smiles, but they said, I'm so-and-so. And and, uh, does your son need anything? And uh, we said, oh, he likes this and he likes that. And, you know, this might make him feel better. And uh, they went out and got it. And I found out it was from Little Smiles. Now, they didn't know who I was because they were just volunteers, and they didn't know that we were involved. So to f- see it firsthand um, kind of really touched my wife and I, and we've been involved ever since. So you guys do a big gala event, right? Yeah, Little Smiles puts on a gala at the end of the season, and there's got to be at least, I want to say, 500 to 700 people at the yeah, Hilton where Hotel. Where is it At the Hilton? Yeah, downtown in Clematis. Uh, the, the in West Palm? Yeah, the brand-new Hilton Hotel. And they take up the they take up the entire area, and they do a gala. And to see these kids come in in wheelchairs, and you know, the kids that are, that may have be suffering from cancer, and kids that are suffering uh, from leukemia or whatever it may be, it really touches your heart. And the way they set it up, as they roll these kids in, or these kids do walk in, um, we, we become the paparazzi, and we take photos of them, and it makes them feel special. You know they go down a red carpet and we you know we wave nice. to them and the ones that can sign autographs will sign autographs and it's just to see that and see where like tommy said to see where the money goes and what it does for these children and and for the families um, We got invited, I don't know if you remember this, but we got invited to uh, do a donut run at the hospital that's I coming up. I know, yeah. 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 Rico and I are going to be in, Tom. <clears throat> We're going to be
2: delivering donuts to the kids at one of the hospitals. Uh, looking forward to that, really am.
4: Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, one, and the reason this had really transpired, too, is, and Chip spearheaded he? he said at one point in time, he had a friend of his that was a, a police officer that was detailed at the hospitals, and they were actually taking money out of their own pocket to get kids candy and kids donuts and this and that. And it dawned on a chip, let's do a charity where that you know first responders don't have to come out of their own pocket because they feel bad for a child. We want to start something up. And that's how it was created, really, See, Tom. It was all in the hospital. And, and by the way, um, you
2: know, this this auction is down here, and this event is down here, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, Juneau Beach. And all you folks out there that are watching, we know that most of you, if not all of you, are not going to be able to fly down to the event. But if you can make a donation on the link below, uh, I don't care if it's 10 bucks, $20, bucks. we are asking you to please make a donation. Uh, uh, just click on the link, and it's very easy to, to, to contribute. Um, Derek, do you guys, Heritage has done a lot for charities over the years, haven't they?
6: Yeah, for sure. We're asked a lot and we definitely contribute to, you know, um, Chris would make that decision. He's the head of the department. Which ones? But it's generally, I don't know that we say no to any legitimate charity, to be honest. I mean, Heritage is, you know, give us back wherever we can. You know, a lot of times it's can be with the, you know, the radio show, whether it's at the, you know, the national or whether it's, you know, this charity, which you know, I'm not involved in anything personally myself right now, so I felt like this was a good opportunity for me to to jump in on this one. Since I know you guys, I trust you guys,
4: you know. Hey yeah. Derek, have you went on their website to see really see what it's all about? I haven't, but I'm going to. Now yeah, I you, will. You should because I I, th- I think you'll see um the joy they bring to a lot of families. Um. yeah. yeah. You know, nothing, there's nothing worse than having a, a, you know, a sick child. What is the no, website, nothing, guys? There's nothing, and I
6: have two kids, and there, yeah, there's nothing worse than a, I mean, they, they, well, first of all, <laughs> your kids, even if when it's, you're 80, you still worry about scary. them. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, but yeah, my to game. have them sick, it is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, and th- th- I think everybody can get behind kids' charities. Um, and this, you know, this sounded like a really good one to me. And I know we've, they've, I've heard them talk about it before. And last year, <clears throat> you know, we always donate, but this year. I, you know, I do collect game news bats and they have that Rico bat. So I was like, Hey, I can step up here. You know, you know, I don't care if I overpay for it. The money's going to charity. It doesn't matter. So that I, about I have, that? I have and, a question and, for, um,
1: for, sorry, yeah. Derek, let to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah.
6: Okay. Go you're good. Well, a
1: question. Right. No, I just had a question for both, both Tom's actually, because you're both businessmen and we'll start with you, Tom, uh, in Florida. How important is it for you as a business owner to get involved with the community? And you also said you kind of have solicited other businesses getting involved. Do you find
4: that they're responsive to things like this? Absolutely. I think when it comes to children, like Derek said, everybody, you know, the gloves are off. Everybody wants to help out. Everybody wants to contribute. Um, We're in the the process of doing um, uh, an Italian festival in in 2025. That's going to, majority, it's going to go to the charity. Yeah. yeah and Mikey, and, by the way, we're going to get you involved with me, and later on uh, I'm going
2: to throw some ideas out because obviously you and I have a little experience um, One thing I want to say is and i'm going to I'm speaking for Rico also as as I know Mike knows, and I think John knows, and a few other people. Uh, We did a fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund about four years ago down here in Florida. It was wildly successful, wildly successful. The reason being is because, you know, Rico and I were talking and Rico was on the board of the Jimmy Fund at the Dana-Farber for years. He was one of the liaisons for the Red Sox. And I personally, excuse me, had uh, an experience with the Jimmy Fund with my oldest daughter uh, who is now 47 years old, and Mikey wow. knows this, Wow, 47 years old, and she had cancer when she was four. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she was... Um, <clears throat> I have a tickle here. It's that flower she, was, uh, at the, she was at the Jimmy <laughs> Fund for a year and a half. No, about a year. About a year. Every day going back and forth. They saved her life. And Rico and I talked. to Rico, this is an, an opportunity to do something. And we did the Jimmy Fund. Now... And I'm, I've told me, I've said this to you, the Jimmy Fund doesn't, I mean, they can always use money, but they have a billion dollars in endowments. They, they are they're pretty flush and they're doing phenomenal work. A charity like um, Little Smiles could, could really use the help. That's why we're kind of
4: gravitating towards towards them. Was that the um, one we did with Tony DeMarco as yeah. well?
2: Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah, it was involved. Uh, yeah. Yep, Cerrito Electric was involved with that too. Go ahead, John. No, I just want to ask Mike, because I know both with the show you guys used to do together, the feast you guys organize here in the area, and your own business life, that charitable work and community work has been important to you as well.
3: Oh, there's no question about it. Uh, but you get inundated. There's you do. There's so many requests. You do. I mean, you have to set aside a certain portion of your yeah. profits. right. And that's going to be it. And stay with it. And stay with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Little Smiles. I don't know if it's Florida Central, Tom, or is it all over the country? Southern Florida, Mikey. Just Southern Florida.
2: But, Mikey, you want to say something? You know, I get this list. Yeah. And your name was on the list, so you already made a contribution, and thank you. Yeah, but didn't they say
4: they're also never, hitting different states now? <laughs> yes, I mean, they're hitting New York. And, yep. You never have it, to, have to
3: thank me. Any, any organization, the 501c3, like we're talking about, that does what they do and has a net net of 93%, let me tell you, I think that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And that's a very rare. You look at the amount of charitable organizations out there and look at how much filters down. To yeah, what it's true. Th- w- yeah. The money that's being donated. Yeah. The administrative cost, they are ridiculous. People are making a sure, fortune. Sure. So to see somebody at 93% seeing an organization, fantastic.
2: You know, I, I, Derek, by the way, you know, one thing you may want to do, maybe talk to Chris, is I know your platinum auction is just starting, and it is the single biggest collectibles auction in the world wow. every year. And you have a 1979 and 80 OPG unopened box, the case. only one case, the only one in existence. Which, by the way, has the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. And right now in the auction, what is what's the what's it at right this second as we speak?
6: I think if the auction ended right now, it's at like 1.3 plus the buyer's premium, which pushes over one it would push you know 1.6 million. Um, and that's the auction just started. There's twenty. Well, I fun- think it would
2: be a nice gesture in your part to talk to Chris and see if he can throw it our way. What do you think?
6: Just the case. What yeah. would be the, the case is owned by the consigner. We don't. We don't own it. But and oh. I know what you're saying. We'd have fun opening it, right? Oh, God, so that would be a blast. That case is really like a Sasquatch sighting. I mean, even Steve Hart, who authenticated the case, um, couldn't believe it. And our consigner actually. When you watch the video and read the description, um, our consigner thought it was a 1980-81 case, which would be worth about, you know, 300 grand. And it turns out he poked a hole in it just to see, and the boxes were white. So he's thinking he's got a great case of second-year Gretzky's. Turns out he has a rookie case. and you That's know, unbelievable. It was, yeah, it truly is. And we always thought one may have existed somewhere up there in Canada, and it did, and we were fortunate enough to get it. And um, it's it's really exciting what that case is going to sell for. Boxes, so it's a 16-box case. They're the only boxes that Steve has opened up from a sealed case. So these aren't boxes that have been put together by pack by pack from different stores over the years. This is from the factory. They're pristine. They're from a sealed case. And boxes generally sell in that hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollar range. Now these are from a sealed case. So if you do the math and say it's two hundred a box, that puts it at 3.2 million. That's unbelievable. Wow. And it's one okay. of one.
2: It's one case, so the only case in existence.
6: Yeah. Correct? And it will probably get broken up. I mean, an investor could buy it, but it, it could be broken up. I mean, everybody would love to have boxes in their inventory. Um, and that, that's one of the great items. That's one of the headlines. We oh, heard. yeah. We're
2: going we're to go through, so there's, there's quite a list. And by the way, speaking of hockey, one of the items, Tommy, right? Yeah. Is The uh, Miracle a, on Ice. Actually, the Miracle on Ice, but this is by uh, probably the best sports artist in the country, who, by the way, Derek, I know you're a big customer of his, James Fiorentino. James sent us, he sent us a couple, they call them geeklies or geeklays. What yeah. they are, they're prints. But one of them he sent is a one-of-one. One. It's a print of the Miracle on, on Ice from the 1981 or 80. Uh, 80. 80 Olympic team, captained by Mike Ruzioni. Mike is going to be with us at the event because this event is in a, in a restaurant. It's all Boston people. And Mike is going to sign uh, the print. Uh, on the premises, the day of the auction, so we can auction it off. Wow. That's going to be a nice piece. Yeah, that's going to be be a nice piece. That's great. So we've got some good stuff. What else do we have, Tommy? Any? any?
4: Um, There's a a bunch of great stuff there. I mean, there's uh, a frame Joe DiMaggio photo. There's... Duke Snyder photos, there's baseball signed by um, Hank Aaron, there's baseball signed by Tom Seaver, who's one of my favorite pitchers. Get out of here. Koufax. Koufax. Um, There's just uh, Rico's bat, which, uh, Derek, we can't thank you enough for bidding on that. A Larry Bird signed uh, jersey? Correct. Uh, yeah, so we got some cool stuff. Yeah, this was some really nice stuff. But we're actually shocked about. It. And, and by the way, we got a
2: we got a call this morning from our good friend, uh, good friend of Ellen and I, who's worked with us, uh, Andy Montero. Uh, Derek, you know Andy from? I, uh,
6: do, I do not.
2: Okay, Andy uh, works for the Miami Heat. He's the director of marketing, and he is signing, sending us, overnighting us, a uh, Miami Heat uh, signed team ball, uh, which is going to go in the auction. So that's kind of a cool piece. Yeah, Mikey. do we have to get a case for that? Or is it going to help with the case? I have no idea. Let me know. We'll find out. Yes. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, what else? Uh, anything else, Tommy? Uh, the auction is uh, March second.
4: Yep. Um, it's in Juneau, Florida, which mm-hmm. is nearby
2: from us and uh, County Line. County Line Restaurant, nice Italian kid, Mike from the North End. Uh, his his name is Massimo. Uh, he's uh, he's the owner. And by the way, we have some other special guests that We're trying to line up Mike Andrews, who was Rico's second baseman and uh, possibly Johnny Bench may be joining us. And uh, Rico is great. Rico's going to do a signing. But Rico is Rico when he stands up in front of a crowd <laughs> and just talks. He's laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. All right. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break,
4: Tommy. I just want to so thank you and Rico, Derek, Mike. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, listen. We're going to take a quick break. We come back.
2: We're going to do a little GAX moment, and then we're going to talk to Derek and Mike. We're going to talk about the auction. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about the state of affairs in the United States. You name it. We're going to talk about it.
7: We'll be right back. Are we really? Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now, thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their lives with serious illness, homelessness, and other tragedies. I hope that you can join us on March 2nd at the County Line Restaurant in Juno Beach, Florida, for a live auction and some great baseball talk. If you can't join us, please consider a donation to LittleSmilesFL.org. That's LittleSmilesFL.org to help these kids. And when you Since 1996,
1: Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardcode.com or call 303-840-2784 for more
7: information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become Another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
7: How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at gameusedbats.com. Okay, we are back,
2: and I've uh, got to tell you, I, I, I'm really pleased uh, that everybody's jumping in. Pretty good guy, John, huh, Tommy? I tell you, uh, he seems like
1: a real committed yeah. guy, guy who's in the community, right? Not only that, but getting other people involved, um, and that's great. You know, it's great to yeah. see businesses that are making a profit and making a living in a community give back. That's what you look for. That's so, Tom.
2: So. I've, I've known Tom uh, for about eight, 10 years now. And he never says no. He never says no. Got a great business, by the way. I'll give him a plug. Cerrito Electric does all commercial. He's got about 20 guys working for him. Does a great job. And that's about it. Okay. It is time now for another Gax Moment, brought to us each week by a good friend, Paul Borges and the great, great crew at PB Collectibles, Go to pbcollectibles.com to get that special card, baseball, or piece of memorabilia. This week, we're talking about the biggest bust. Every year, there's talk and speculation about the next phenom. Uh, The baseball world is littered with phenoms that unfortunately became phenomenal busts. David Clyde, Greg Jeffries, Matt Bush... Brian Taylor, Joe Chaboneau. the list goes on and on. There is one player, however, who stands out as the bust of all bust. Clint Hartung was a strapping 17-year-old pitcher, hitter, coming out of high school in Hondo, Texas. Newspapers had the Hondo Hurricane touted as the next Babe Ruth and Christy Matterson all rolled into one. Clint could do it all. He was hitting 400-foot homers as a high school player and mowing batters down game after game. Clint was scouted heavily, and the consensus was that this kid was certainly going to be a shoe in for the Hall of Fame someday. When the war broke out, Clint went into the Army and played on different semi-pro teams in the military. During that period, hot tang batted 5'67", and was 25-0 and as a pitcher. And some good semi-pro, actually semi-pro military teams. The New York Giants could not wait to sign this phenom. They assigned him to the Class C Northern League, where he batted a lofty 358 with 12 home runs and was 3-1 as a pitcher. Both fans and the press were convinced that Clint was going to lead them for years to the promised land of the Giants. After signing in 1947, hot tang walloped a home run in his first at-bat interest squad game. He had a pretty good rookie season going 9-7 and seven, and batted 309 in uh, 94 at-bats. From there, it went south. It seems that Clint was not a very good outfielder and had a great deal of difficulty tracking fly balls. They would bounce over his head. They'd bounce in front of him. Just couldn't feel them, And then for another reason, some other reason, he was having a great deal of difficulty hitting a major league curveball. The Giants decided to take him off the field and just keep him on the mound. In any event, Clint could not cut it. He went back down to the minors and again looked like the Bambino. When they brought him back up, he looked more like Bambi than the Bambino. The star began to fade for Clint, but he managed to have a very vanilla seven-year career with the Giants. He wound up twenty nine and twenty nine as a pitcher, and had a lifetime batting average of a lofty two thirty eight, with only three hundred and seventy eight total at bats. Cliff finally walked away from the game at the age of thirty one after spending a couple of more years in the minors. Uh, and again, he killed it in the minors. Came back up, and that was the end. The faded Fion went back to Texas and got into the oil, oil business. He never liked to discuss his baseball career, like David Clyde. Greg Jeffries, and the rest, Clint Hartang faded into the baseball sunset peacefully. And that's another Gax moment. Who do you guys think was the biggest bust of all time?
1: I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. That, that is, you mentioned Brian Taylor. I mean, he was incredibly highly touted, right, with the Yankees. Um, Joe Charbonneau, had, he won the Rookie of the Year. He did, but then never then did he cr- anything else. Then he crashed. Then he yeah. Crashed. And then he crashed. I mean, there's so many guys like that, and it's tough in baseball. I mean, they're they're across all sports, but yeah. To me, in my lifetime, I, I just the Taylor kid was so hyped. Greg know? Jeffries
2: too, though. Jeffries he was, was hyped. really hyped. Yeah, he was, was very much hyped. hyped. Um, um, really, right, right. I mean, like yeah. he was
6: like. I mean, it- his rookie cards were off the charts. Like, you, you think people couldn't wait to get the Greg Jeffries rookie. Right. Hits. Right. Yeah. That was that crazy. Was, I mean, if it, you look at other sports like football, you know, Ryan Leaf, it was him neck and neck with Peyton Manning. Yeah, you remember, um,
1: remember the, yeah. Lineman, the lineman, Tony Mandarich? Tony Mandarich, oh, who sure. was at the top he, of the he, draft. I don't he was. know how
6: he failed. He, was, he looks like the Hulk. I think
1: he had steroid problems,
6: though.
2: Yeah, something I, went on I mean, with him. But I'll tell you one, the one that sticks out in my mind when I was a kid, you guys are probably too young for this. Mikey, you may remember David Clyde.
1: Yeah. When well, he was applied. like seventeen years old or something when he came up. And yeah. I mean
2: they hyped him like you yep,
1: no which is that, that
2: he was gonna I just beat the, the next. thing is
1: sometimes bus is not the fault of the player. You know, sometimes it's where they go, sometimes it's the organization rush him. Like I, I think about Ryan Leaf. The 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 Chargers were a horrible organization at that time. There was no structure, there was poor coaching. You know, at least Manning went to the Colts. Jim Morrow was a good coach, and they eventually got Dungy. And sometimes it's where you go. Well, what about
3: Mac Jones? Know? That makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mac Jones, I can't call him a bust. He wasn't the number one pick, but, I mean, I agree. Mac Jones, you know, after McDaniels left, Mac Jones was lost. They brought in he those was two lost. idiots, <laughs> you know, and then this year was a complete disaster. So it, it, sometimes it's where you go. It's not always the player, you know.
2: All right, let's Let's uh, let's get back to uh, our friend uh, Derek and Mikey. Mike, Mike. Uh, I'm going to ask you first, so based on, listen, you're a financial guy, uh, and you're a very good financial guy, uh, the president of the DeVille Group. Uh, you guys do phenomenally well. What, what are you looking at? What is 2024 looking like to you, Michael?
3: You know, that's really a, a tough question, especially in an election year. Right. <clears throat> um, normally, if you go back historically— It turns out to be a pretty good year from January to December. Uh, That being said, uh, there's a lot of craziness going on right now throughout the world. I mean, you look at Germany. uh, Germany is right on the edge of recession, if not in recession. Uh, The supply chain, we're finally starting to get product and the supply chain. You know, Tom, it's very rare that you would walk into locally a market basket store and see products missing on their shelves. That never, never happened before. And now you see it as commonplace. And and it's very rare. But so how old, is that going to affect us directly in the United States? Well, the, the thing you have to look for, our products are getting shipped all over the world. So what you... The key to this whole thing is going to be interest rates. That is the generator going forward. Uh, In my personal opinion, and from some of the people that we talk to, it looks like the first five, six months are going to be very quiet. But I think going into the latter part of 24, you're going to see probably rates drop three different times. All right, so And that's right. gonna stimulate right. because well, if you have interest rates hovering seven and a half to eight percent for housing, and you see the housing market is really dry enough for new homes, if you buy a house, what do you need? You need appliances, you need this, you need that. It's a stimulus. It's, it stimulates the economy like unbelievable. And right now people are hesitant because a lot of people, Tommy. A borderline qualifying to begin with. You look at an eight percent mortgage. Right. It can put you out of the market. All right, so Derek,
2: what what he's saying is that affecting the. I mean, you're getting consignments, and you guys are kicking ass, to be honest with you, and you have been. And you told me that twenty twenty four is looking is looking good, but are you seeing any signs at all of the? Um, the general collector, not the guy that's going to spend two million or three million on a on a on a bat or a glove. Or I'm just talking that the 20 rule. That eighty percent. Are you seeing anything there with a the slowdown?
6: So when you mention, yeah, billionaires even slow down. Really? Okay, they are still conservative when it comes to spending money. And like Tommy said, when you talk about interest rates, okay. People want cash advances. Money's not free anymore. When you could borrow money at one percent, we can give that, we can work that into a deal. Now money costs money and we gotta charge interest on this money when people want to consign a lot of stuff. And you know, obviously it can be factored in the deal, but it tends to be most consigners want the rate. They want money up front, interest free. They want the best rate they can get, and they want to work with the, the best auction house. You know, and sometimes you just can't get all three like that. There's gotta be some concessions. When money's Really flowing at one percent, two percent, you can borrow it. It is a demonstrative difference when it is eight percent to twelve percent, and huh. people cut back. And but I will tell you, our first auction out of the gate, I think our estimates were nine point five million. And this so is
2: the This was your winter, the auction?
6: January auction that just right. ended last weekend. And if you would have told me sign up for the estimates at nine point five million, I would have done that, and ended up doing over eleven million wow. with lots of world records. Okay, and and the one, you know, if you want to say a bellwether item would be a Jordan rookie and a PSA ten. That's a blue chip card. They generally have been closing in the two hundred range, and we sold one for three hundred and seventy two grand. And that it was a nicer one. It was certified at an extra gold label on it, but it was a PSA ten. And PSA tens are PSA tens.
2: All right. So, so wait a second. So so the the blue chip items have not lost any steam. Pretty much. Well. So,
6: I would make the argument that yeah maybe during the height of COVID you might have seen higher prices on Ruth and Cobb but they really are still strong okay the the Jordan card at the height if you remember it was there was some that sold many have sold over five hundred thousand right but there were some that sold at eight hundred thousand which is just crazy okay there's too many of them but the fact that they're back in over we just sold one for over three hundred grand is on the way back up, and the wax, the unopened wax prices were beyond records, Um, lots of blue chip cards are strong, it was just, anytime you you do estimates over a whole auction, and the whole auction comes to about nine and a half million, and you end up doing 20% more than your estimates, that's, that's pretty good, okay, so that's a good sign, and our February Platinum Night Auction is off to a tremendous start as well. I don't know where it's going to end, but it's going to be in that $30 million range. So there are people, but, you know, again, back to the point of people wanting to buy houses, there are also people out of principle that they passed on interest rates at 2%. So now they're being told it's 8%. Out of principle, I'd feel like an idiot now. I passed at 2%. Now I'm going to go spend 8% to go get the same loan. You know, people are going to wait. I mean, we all knew it was too, you know, it was, holy crap, interest rates are low. We should all be going to do. You know, people that wanted to buy a house should have bought one right then. And there were some people that I talked to that said, "I'm going to wait till they get lower." And I was like, "What do you? Think? You know, they're not going to give you money to go buy a house." You know, Mike, did
2: could. you see that?
6: No, really. No.
2: So, so basically, you are saying that if 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 if, uh, if a house loan or something was down at two percent, they were jumping on it. Did you see them jumping on
3: it? Oh, sure. Absolutely on that part. Yeah, I I agree with you there.
6: Everybody uh, should have, right?
3: And there was a lot of speculation too. People were buying houses just to flip them. And that's a whole different animal altogether. Uh, It's interest rates really, that and the price of fuel. If you ask me the two lowest common denominators, it would have to be fuel, Interest rates are interest rates fuel, but they go hand in hand. And when you turn the spigot and you shut off Canadian fuel just by turning a valve, cold turkey, instead of gradually weaning down, it affected a ton of people. I mean, a lot of people lost their jobs. And, and it caused – people are questioning exactly what the hell is going on. Yeah, Because there are a lot of people in here, that living paycheck to paycheck. What were you saying, Tom?
1: I said, no, John. No, no, I'm in, just you know? listening. I, I, I think a lot of it, you know, like Derek just said, they did more than they thought they were going to do in the January auction. And I think, and we've talked about it on this show a lot, is because I think people that are into collectibles, people that are into sports, and I can bring, you know, sports betting and fantasy sports into this as well, that, you know, we talk a lot about the, when looking at collectibles, that sort of split between doing it as a love and doing it as an investment. And I think more and more people are looking at it as an investment now. And well, I listen, think, I'm and I think honest it's, with you. And I mean, listen, I think, it's, I think it's become, like our friend Tom Ruggie says, part of their portfolio now. Yeah. There's money to be made in sports. And it's in sports betting, fantasy, and collectibles. So people aren't just looking at it as a fun thing anymore. Collect- They're looking at it as a way to make money.
3: Collectibles used to be a hobby.
6: It's, it's not a anymore.
3: It's a business. It's a wealth generator is what it is. Right. Just like Derek, just like your, the
6: stock your market. comments, yeah. I mean, it's um, I agree. Mean, there's a lot of investors. There are people that have taken money out of their investment portfolios to put it into sports because there's so many blue chip items that have beat the street, and and at the same time, as long as you didn't do it in modern stuff, modern stuff rashed and burned put in a more right. and and there were right. people that did that right but the other people that bought gaming, you know again if you buy the best of the best generally okay unless you got caught in a bidding war where it was two people. so say an items worth you know an item sold for 200,000 but the real number should have been 75,000 and two people went back and forth out of principle to 200 now when you remove that one person it's really back down to 75 so other, you know, if you buy blue chip items without getting caught up in crazy bidding wars, pay attention to estimates, kind of have an idea of what an item is worth. They generally over time, these best of the best items do perform very well. Um, and and there are people doing it as an investment. I never did collectibles as an investment. I realize that's the biggest part of my net worth, but I've always done it because I just enjoy Sport, sports so much the funny part is is will I ever get to enjoy the, the money part of it or is that just going to go to my kids you know you just <laughs> hey, don't. hey
3: Tom why don't, <laughs> yeah. why, why don't you tell him about the uh, collectible that I have in my study in my office I will uh,
2: Mikey do me a favor burn that goddamn thing
3: <laughs> that, hurts, <laughs> right? that hurts me
2: that hurts me I was going to ask Derek, you he, for he's a got value. a lock he's an Elvis freak he's got a lock of Elvis's hair okay give That's it to great. me by cool. here's Bob listen
3: uh, is Baba supposedly. Yeah, his Baba. <laughs> okay. That's very cool. That's but you a know something? I,
2: I Listen, I've got a question problem. for Derek. I've got a question for Derek. Derek, you've got a 1916 Babe Ruth game-used glove. What yeah. the hell is that thing going to go
6: for? You know, I would make the argument that we were conservative on the estimate of a million dollars. That is, seriously, Babe Ruth named that his number one moment. I think it was a 14-inning pitching duel um and it was in a well-known museum at one point and deaccessioned it was part of a major collection where other incredible ruth items came out of and you know we knew where it was and we finally got it and you know I'll say you know something like that if my net worth was a lot higher I would go, I would 100% go for that. That's a and great piece, man. I'd look yeah, at that. That's, that's you just, don't a, just find. that's a museum piece. That's a 100%. museum. 100%. That is yeah. one of the coolest, now keep this in mind and why I collect in, in this may, I don't know if I discussed it on, on the show before, and, and this goes for Orlando as well. You know, he was the head of PSA, right? I was a head grader at SGC. Both of us, you would think would have massive card collections. Both of us have memorabilia collections. Mm-hmm. Right, memorabilia is a true piece of the game.
1: Yeah, that's what That's, I am. Right. that's, that's what Babe I've done. Ruth, We've been we've so been talking sporty. about that for the last year and a half. How it's going Absolutely. more towards. So I'm gravitated right. to right. memorabilia. So put it this right.
6: way: the Babe Ruth rookie sporting news card. Okay, in a seven is worth three million dollars. There's a handful of sevens. How on God's green earth can his game used glove self authenticated? Letters from PSA, letters from Toby, Denny Eskin, the autographs certified by Keating and Grad. I mean the best of the best authentication, the provenance. How can that glove not be worth three million dollars? Absolutely. If a right. card in a seven, how about a six is worth more than that? Right. There is no chance if you put both of those on the table and somebody doesn't pick up the game used glove, I would question their are you crazy? Right. You know, so this is why I think mem- and again cards have turned out to be a tremendous investment. You can go to you can register them collect them build the sets they're this size okay when you talk bigger items like jerseys and bats um gloves they're more awkward to handle and people start by collecting cards i agree i think is a is a right uh you know we had about 10 people, seconds oh you're Third born <laughs> you, you you turn into a you're a kid you collect baseball cards how many people so, collect cards really? on their kid that's where you start
2: Derek's going to be with us to the end. We've got Chuck and Stacy coming on. We're going to talk a little bit more about
5: memorabilia, about his auction, their auction. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalry and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan pristine also works for hope sports and identity hoops international traveling to mexico to build houses for the less fortunate pristine auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day for more information go to pristineauction.com that's pristine auction the best in the business If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder, Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport lelands has always maintained the highest standards go to lelands.com and get your bid in that's lelands the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades
8: it's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else heritage auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of heritage auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, So let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan
0: from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, We will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
9: Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petrocelli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petrocelli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at petrocellimkt.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrocelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible.
1: And we ask, how does your company or organization do promotions? Imprinted products keeps your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petrocelli Marketing Group a call at 800-264-4294 or email mp at petrocellimkt.com.
2: Okay, let's say hi to Chuck and Stacy Wisman from Wheatland Auctions. Hi, guys.
5: Hi, how are hey, you? What's going on? Hey, Chuck. Good. Hey, Stacy.
2: You've got you've got you know everybody. You know Derek, and that's Mike and John. You know everybody. <laughs> you guys have an auction going. Yeah. Let's let's uh, some of the highlights, man, because you guys do a great job. And again, you have your niche. Heritage has their niche, so it all works. What do you guys have?
10: Yeah, so we have a great auction going on. We are um, about halfway through it. Um, this current auction is going to end on February 18th. Um, and we have a really great mix of vintage, a lot of uh, 33, 34 Gaudi cards. We have some amazing sealed wax. Um, Chuck, want to give them some good highlights? Yeah, you mentioned the
11: 1930s. I, we have a lot of cool Babe Ruth stuff. Um, one of the my favorite items in this one is the 1922 American Caramel Babe Ruth. This one's graded a four. Um, I think there might only be one or two graded higher than this one. Um, This is the pose of Ruth holding the baseball. Um, But the Gowdies, I think two of the Gowdies graded uh, SGC four and a half. Um, So pretty much the full Goudis set from 33, most of 34, batter's upset, sports kings, a good mix of of that stuff, and a lot of 86 Fleer packed fresh stuff. Unbelievable. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, wax bots, wax
2: boxes are really hot right now. Uh, we're talking to Derek about it. Um, also, you guys have some non-sports stuff that's kind of cool.
11: Yeah, some of the old um, cigarette sets, um, a really high variety of uh, a mix of things, even some of the newer Pokemon stuff. Um, but yeah, the cases. Um, love the, the football hobby cases from... Uh, 2016 National Treasures, 2018, 2020, 2021 uh, National Treasures, and PRISM hobby cases. So these things that uh, breakers and collectors just love, some some collectors just buy them and sit on them because uh, there's, they're getting scarcer and scarcer. Because anybody who does breaking, which is a big business in our industry, is ripping them as soon as they get them. You know,
2: You know our good friend down here, Charlie Perino, I think you guys know Charlie from JRI Cards. It's amazing. It's amazing the following he has down here with his show and just, uh, you know, the ripping and who has the goggles and all that stuff. It's uh, it's uh, crazy stuff, man. It's crazy stuff. This hobby has evolved so much into so many different directions. And by the way, Chuck, uh, thank you so much. I know you guys are making a donation with some something special coming down our way for the uh, Little Smiles uh, uh, auction. Uh, that we're going to be doing down here. Open invitation to everybody to come down. Uh, we'd love you guys. Uh, you know, obviously, you've done a great job. Uh, we have about a minute left. What else in the auction that you want to highlight? <laughs> and we need your uh,
11: website address. Yeah, any need-
10: last things to highlight? I'd say some auction. of the
11: autographs. There's a nice Thurman Munson signball ball um, that he said uh, "Merry Christmas" to someone on it. Um, Pie Trainer autograph. Um, a, a nice. Ali Fraser, and uh, I think another one or two legends of boxing sign glove. Um, but just a, a good mix for people who collect old or new. Um you want to yeah. just talk about um, how it ends?
10: And Yeah, absolutely. So the auction will start to close on Sunday evening, uh, February 18th. Uh, lot one closes at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and each lot closes 30 seconds after that. You do not need to have placed any pre-bids in the auction to bid as it closes. You are more than welcome to bid along with the ending with us. Um, go to www.wheatlandauctionservices.com, register for an account, and we'd love to have everyone join us.
11: Yeah. Okay. A part of our proceeds always goes back to our local community. Um, we did a lot over the holidays and, uh, you know, always try to give back with every auction. You know, Derek, we're talking
2: to, as you know, uh, Chuck and Stacy here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've talked about it with us on many, many occasions. The The smaller auction houses are so, so important to the hobby, aren't they?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, look, they had one of the greatest auctions with the signed Ruth cards and, Gary, you know, the, that find uh, the uncle Jimmy stuff so I you know I, I want to say I don't compete against them often but they're uh, they're small but mighty so we have to we'll watch you know at heritage I don't you know and and it's and they do a good job I came and viewed I don't know if you guys remember me or not Absolutely. I came and viewed at your office and, and and some of my buyers did win a bunch of stuff. So they okay. they were they were great. And so I know you guys are going to come up with stuff because you're good people when you do it the right way. So I know you're going to get stuff. And I I agree, Tom, there's there's room for everybody in this industry, especially ethical, honest people.
2: It's a great it's a great hobby. And uh, you're right. You know, uh, we've been we've been blessed because the sponsors that we dealt with, the, the companies that I buy for, they're all 100 uh, uh, percent, you know, just ethical is the word. Ethical is the word. All right, so your auction, your your platinum auction uh goes to when?
6: Uh, February 24th and
2: 25th. All right. Uh, just real quickly, 62 Aaron Game 1 jerseys, Willie Mays game used, used jerseys, uh 86 complete clear set. Listen to this, Chuck and Stacy. The whole set all PSA 10s. Uh that's that's like insane. It's insane. And Chuck and Stacy, uh we wish you guys the best uh you guys do a great job. You really do.
11: Yeah, and come visit. Derek, we'd love to see you again cuz uh we moved to a bigger space. Oh, did you? Uh, okay. Bigger you for still the store. retail store? Yeah, and the retail store's store. a lot bigger and um, a lot bigger for the auction too, but okay. uh and anybody, you know, in, in Lancaster we're we're blessed okay. to be in a cool location. Um, a lot of tourists and uh, a lot of history of of sports and baseball, you know. We just recently had a uh, a collection of York Caramel cards which was manufactured close by some of the American Camels. Um, So you just see some pretty unique stuff because of uh, the history of baseball in this region of the country. Your website?
10: www.wheatlandauctionservices.com.
2: Derek, it's HA.com. I always get confused. What is it? HA.com. Go to the sports (laughs) department. HA.com. I want to say thank you to both of you guys. Mikey, uh, thanks so much for coming on board. Uh, I've had a great time working with you over the years. We had a blast and uh, continued success with the Saseyan corner.
3: Well, thank you. Uh, but don't expect an invitation soon. Listen to I me, wouldn't. I carried you for twenty years. <laughs> I wouldn't years. I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't bring I, him I back. I 20 he left. Years he I
1: left. Yeah, he made you. the decision to leave. That's it. You're gone now. You're gone. You're like <laughs> You're dead. You're SMOMO. like smoke, brother. You could've stayed. Did you know Cher didn't bring Sonny back?
3: <laughs> that's a good <laughs> point being said,
1: damn thanks so much
2: Mikey again Chrissy has always great job to our viewers and listeners thank you for the support please make a donation to Little Smiles just click on the link and we'll go from there with that being said happy collecting